This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is paid commercial programming. The content and opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of WSSP, Intercom Milwaukee, its staff, or sponsors. From Lake Michigan to the Mississippi and every river, lake, and field in between. Let's talk everything outdoors. Aboard! <laughs> You're on the crazy train. <laughs> Welcome to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. Fasten your seatbelts for a wild ride through Wisconsin's outdoors. Only on Sports Radio 1057 FM, The Fan. So, how's your coffee this morning? Mine's nice and hot. I hope yours is, too. Hey, this is the uh, Skipper Buds. <laughs> Danny's looking at me, shaking his head. This is the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors, where we come to you every Saturday morning from 6 to 8 a.m. We are live. We are unrehearsed. And we will take your phone calls at 414-799-1250, or you can email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. He's Dan Bush. I'm Tom Newbauer. Nick Bodie's on the boards. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Morning, Tom. Uh, I just want to thank what's the what's the Jim the, Lombardo from Bell Ambulance. Thanks, Jim. Uh, very kind of you uh, to listen. And <clears throat> the nice Christmas package you sent. I'm wearing my Bell Ambulance fleece, red and black hoodie, zip up. I've been. It's my favoriteest thing in yeah. the world to wear. Yeah, I know. I told him. I said it reminds me of a jacket I had. 40 years ago. <laughs> like well, it's, that. well, it's toasty warm, and I don't even wear a jacket when I wear this. Yeah. I can just kind of wear this indoors and outdoors. Yeah, it's B- nice. Bushy, you're an old school guy. Can I ask you this? What do you I, mean? When what I, do you call an old? I said old school. That's a compliment. Well, that you can you call know, him old, That too. means you know the right way to get things done. No. Quiet. He's, he's not old until he's retired. He's Quiet, still, Grandpa. Oh, okay. He's still okay. out there I'm teaching the I'm not a grandpa like you. Okay. Well, go uh, ahead, sir. You, you got a red plaid jacket going on, and when I've seen like drawings and representations of hunters way back, 40s, 50s, I've seen pictures of guys deer hunting in like the, the flannel and the khakis. When did they bring in the rule you had to wear blazing orange out there? 1973, was it? No, later. Really? Later. My seven. father was wearing a. Uh, oh no, it wouldn't be up, 73. He had picked up a blaze orange kind of a plastic kind of a light coat that you could slip over your regular stuff. Right. And it was super visible. But at that time, they had not found a way to put that blaze orange color into soft fabric. Hey, I got an idea, Danny. If a listener calls us and tells us the year blaze orange became the law, I'll give them, or we will give them, a free one-year subscription to Badger Sportsman Magazine. If somebody will call and tell us what year... Did Blaze Orange become law? And I'm going to say that probably by the time I was in 10th grade, which was 74, I'm thinking 73, 74. Well, that's what I said. Is that Se- what you said? I, I said 73, I, I think thought. You're pro- you, might be, I, you might be right. Because I, I wore red stuff 
for my first couple of years. Well, let's see. I was 12 years old and started right. wearing red. I, in 1970, I was wearing red. Right. And I hunted for a couple of years wearing red. And by the time I was 16, well, when my brother was 14, he shot a deer. He was born in 59, so 14 years later would have been set. He was still wearing a crappy old i used to make fun of him he was wearing like these underwear like the quilted kind of underwear oh yeah, in yeah. red color sure, like you'd sure. normally wear underneath my dad gave yeah. him a big baggy pair of those and yeah. he was wearing that looking all floppy and stuff so yeah. that was 14 years after 59 that was 73 so maybe just it, a little bit later maybe I a few years later 75 so we, we do That's have a caller last, who's yes. gonna tell us but yeah it was probably maybe mid or late 70s so you got somebody who knows, huh? Looked it up on their smartphone? I've got someone who's pretty sure he knows. Sounds like a smart guy. It's our old pal Mike from the south side of Milwaukee. Hey, Mike. How you doing this morning? Oh, are you there, Mike? You should be. We are efforting Mike, as we say in the radio biz. Mike? Did you uh, not press a button? No, I pressed the right one. One, two, three. Call us back, Mike. We need to know. Yep. Oh, there Hi, he Mike. is. There he is. Hey, we, f- we found you. Hey, <laughs> Good morning, gentlemen. So, did you look this up on your smartphone or something? I sure did. Yeah, and? That's why they're smart. <laughs> what you got? What year? I got 1988. Really? 88. Oh, wow. Really? It was that late. Uh, 1988. Wow. Well, okay. Okay. I'm thinking we, many of us started wearing it prior to that time, but then they made it law in the... What's that? They said 1970, but it was ordered to wear it in 1988. Oh. Right. So there was a time when some people were wearing red and some were wearing orange in the woods. Okay. So it wasn't long until 88. There were probably some okay. old timers still wearing the red and black right. flannel checker, you know, the old, you know, grandpa with the, yep. you know, Model 99 Savage or 3030 Win. Hey, uh, Mike. <laughs> Mike, yes. st- stay on the line. I'm going to mail you out a, 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 this card where you can get a free subscription to Badger Sportsman Magazine, all right? Awesome. Thank you very much. All right. So all stay right, on the man. line. He'll get your information. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, it came out in 70, but not long until 88. Because so, I remember I had a, a coat, you know, I remember coat that was black and red check. Some of the old timers were still hunting with it. Uh, and at the time my dad kind of discouraged it because, well, one thing, even if you're wearing solid red, uh, solid red, when the, when you lose, uh, light looks black. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. It looks dark. It looks, looks black. And especially if you have the black and red checkered. Yeah. Looks black. Now, many years ago, my dad's cousin. Had a cousin named named uh, actually it was a guy married to his cousin. My dad had a cousin named Avis Avis, and her husband was Bernie, and he came and hunted with my dad back in the '60s. But Bernie told a story how he was in Minnesota one time, sitting by a tree, and some guy came up, and the guy was like almost literally shaking, and it was like first thing in the morning, and uh, the guy said he'd seen him in low light. And he saw dark, and he saw movement, and the guy said, I had my sights on you, I had my safety wow. off. He says, I almost shot you. Wow. 
Wow. And the guy left the woods and said he was done hunting. Wow. Um, yeah, do, so do it think, could be kind of, yeah. Do you Blaze think, Orange is much better. Oh, yeah. Do you think back in 1988 when they were going to make it a law, let's say in 87, the year before, and they were talk about making it a law, mandatory you wear Blaze Orange, do you think there were hunters out there protesting it, thinking that, well, all the deer are going to see me too? You think that was the case? Well, there was there was some there was uh, talk about that. Whether if it's so much if it's much more visible to the human eye, would it be uh, visible for the uh, deer? And Outdoor Life actually did an article about that way back when. And I remember uh, at the time, I believe they said the deer see in black and white. And they did some photographs of people wearing different colors and did some kind of study as far as what kind of stood out. And if I'm recalling correctly, um, and uh, it, it does look lighter. It looks lighter in color in black and white. Like a shade, a light shade a of gray. A lighter color, which, yeah. which might be good, Tom, if you're hunting in bright snow. Yeah. Think okay. about it. Yeah. If it looks lighter, it might look lighter against that snow. So mm-hmm. not all that. And I don't think any hunter, I'll tell you what, I, it, the key thing with deer and, and game in general is movement. Movement and they smell. Are, yeah, yeah, smell, number one. Movement. They are yeah. quick to detect movement, just like a sharp hunter. A sharp hunter, uh, if you've been out in the woods long enough, you naturally just detect movement. Uh, looking for a horizontal line in the woods, which is the, oftentimes the back of a deer. You just naturally, and, and the animals are no less sharp. They're sharper right, than we are because right. they got to survive. Right. And um, anyway, they uh, you know, detect that movement, and they're really quick on it. But as far as the actual, you know, if you're standing motionless, you know, until you move, they, they don't seem to sometimes have that visual discrimination right, where they, they can don't. go, hey, there's a guy there wearing mm-hmm. a Bell Ambulance uh, hoodie and uh, <laughs> got a mustache standing there. But, yeah, they, they don't seem to have that discrimination. But the other thing that animals are uncanny at is, you know how if you went home, Tom, and your wife moved, just say, the couch from one side of the room to the other, or the TV, and you walked in the room. Oh, I noticed it right away. And you freeze and you go, wait a second. Something's different here. Yep. Well, that's the way the same thing those sons of a guns are, those deer are in the woods. They walk by that tree every day of their life or that whatever. And all of a sudden they're like, wait a second. That wasn't there before. And they're, they're like looking at you like, I, what are you? That wasn't there before. Yeah. yeah. They're very quick to notice a change. Isn't that insane how your vision works like that? My mom had her cleaning crew come in last week, and I spent like a day and a half feeling really unsettled. Couldn't put my finger on why. They put the bath mats in wrong in our in our bathroom. Everything like the towels, the bath mats was all in the wrong place. They switched it up. <laughs> but you, if you notice something, all the, yeah. like you look at it every single day, you can immediately notice if you yeah, move a exactly. lamp even a foot or two to the exactly. right. It's crazy. So yeah. did you figure it out when you were... Sitting on the toilet, and you looked at your feet and thought, wait a second, <laughs> I, I my feet out. are backwards. I figured it out when I got out of the or shower. The backwards. No, I figured it out when I got out of the shower, and my feet were very wet and very cold, and I had nowhere to dry them because our bath mat was in front of the toilet. That was when it, I figured it, it out. It, they moved it. The son of a guns. Who hey, did it? What, what uh, the was cleaning the, crew. The, the cleaning crew? The cleaning crew. Hey, we got an email, Danny. Oh, right. From, yeah. uh, Not off the press. First from one our, in a year, I think. Yeah, from our buddy. The Muskie Hunter, Don. Don the Muskie Hunter. He says, hey, guys, Don the Muskie Hunter of Old Geezer's Guide Service. 
<laughs> yeah. We'll be attending the Muskie Show. That's uh, this week. Well, it's going to be rest of today and tomorrow out at uh, Washington County Fairgrounds. That's the Milwaukee Mus- Muskie Expo. Yep. He says he's going to be wearing his Cutting Edge Outdoors hat and his Cutting Edge Outdoors T-shirt with characterizations of John, Tommy, and Danny along with the Crazy Train. He says he will be advertising the show. Thanks, Do we Don. owe him for this? Do we got to send him a check or something? Well, Don, send, him send him the money. Don, uh, <laughs> yeah. Don called me and asked me if I was going out there so we'd you know, go out there together this weekend, but um, I told him I, I, I wasn't sure. Now, today is the Pewaukee Walleyes for Tomorrow chapter fishery at Waterfront. Yeah, and, uh, Early's Waterfront one. Pub. Yeah. There's a fishery for kids from 9 to 12 <clears throat> uh, out in front of Waterfront by Smokey's Musky Shop, Bar and Casino Bingo yeah, Hall. Yeah. And uh, there's, uh, so, and I think volunteers from Walleyes for Tomorrow, and I, I, I think it's Badger Fisherman's League. I hope I'm not wrong on that. But there's some good volunteers out there, and uh, then it's going to be packed inside there. I know they got a giant flat-screen TV as one of the prizes. I don't know whether there's going to be any gun giveaways. Uh, I'm going to swing by today after the show and uh, go over there and buy some tickets. And mm-hmm. you know, So typically, you can go right to Waterfront, and you can buy tickets. And uh, typically, the big prize ones, you don't need to be present to win, just, mm-hmm. you know— Leave your, uh, you know, email, phone number, contact information. But, you know, I haven't won one in a long time. But it's a good it's a good cause to support. Right. So get out the curlies. All right. We got to go to a break quick, folks, so stay tuned. The phone number here is 414-799-1250. You got any comments, questions, a fish report, want to brag about a big fish you caught or whatever, we're here to listen. Our ears are open, Danny. Right. Not our minds. <laughs> Not our minds, no. Well, we'll listen. We'll be right we'll back. I believe you. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Oh, I was going to wait for him to come on and start singing a little bit. but We played that for Danny in his sharp, uh, the Bell Medical yeah. the jacket, and he's not in here now. Yeah, because he's a sharp-dressed man this morning with that on. You know, I'll tell you one thing about Bell Am- Ambulance. They they probably, uh, they, they get a lot of business, okay? They're very busy. Right. And that's probably why you don't hear advertising from them. But what they need are employees, you know? Uh, if, if a person's looking for a, uh, a career, in EMT, you know, being an EMT in that, mm-hmm. yeah, Bell Ambulance is looking. They'll train you and everything. Yeah, they're they're looking for people. Now you don't got to tell me. UW Oshkosh grad, we got a great nursing program, but yeah. EMTs, that's very much in demand yeah. right now. Anything yeah. medical, I mean. Right. And my, my youngest son, Andy, he's he does both. He's a EMT and he's an overnight dispatcher. So he does overnight dispatching really? and then he'll be on the ambulance too, uh-huh. you know, so. He's been doing that a while, so that's anyway. a good guy to have around at a family event. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Sorry, He's all right. Oh, that's all right. We, we, Here's the sharp dressed man. We, we we played the ZZ Top sharp dressed man hey, for you. That's me. That's Thanks. you. I was talking to Mike McGivern back there. <laughs> we were just talking about him too. And I got talking. off the air. <laughs> so Bell Ambulance. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about. What them if too? I had some of our high school? We're big into career pathways in the high school. 
Yeah. Um, what if a kid wants to get a, into a career like your like son, EMT. working for Bell Ambulance? Just What's, they'll they'll train you in everything. Yeah. So you can actually, if a guy's looking for a career out of high school, eighteen years old, yeah. they can actually call up and inquire, and and possibly yeah. then they do the training and everything with them. Or yeah. Do they have well, to go there's to school? a school. Oh, yeah. There's a school process involved first. Yeah. You Typically, gotta, what a technical school. Yeah. For, you uh, got to learn about. Uh, they train you about how to do all the uh, uh, testing, medical testing of people and whatever. Uh, yeah, there's. Is there's, it a one or two year program? Then oh at, no, it's MATC or uh, WCTC or. It might be might be one semester or two semesters, something like that. But you see, and and then you advance there. Like you know, at first you're a trainee, you know, on the ambulance, and then. You move up to a, a second person, then you're it's a like driver. Like you're a brownie before you're a yeah, girl scout. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you it's move Cub up. scout before a boy yeah. scout. It, and, that's how and, everything yeah. works, Tom. And if, and if you like to drive, you know, uh, you know, then you can be a driver, and then you you can hey, move up from there. You know, think about it. If you like to drive fast, that's you turn on a siren <laughs> and let her rip, dude. Never obey another traffic light. So I've uh, never how seen long it. Has your son been doing this then? Oh God, a couple of years now. Because I might be able to maybe yeah. see if we can get some kind of yeah. career pathway because there might be some yeah. students that might be and, and that would be interested in doing that. And the thing is, that is that of... you, you can go further with it too. What, what, you, what you do is uh, you can then continue schooling to be a paramedic. Right. And you can get a, get a county job. You not, know, a, not, a not, bad, bad. Uh, not a bad thing to go in. It has to be a rewarding career as well. Yeah. You know, now me, I'd, I couldn't handle it, man. I mean, I can help patch up somebody if they cut their foot or finger on my boat, but or on you know. Yeah. But I don't. I well, you know. A, a lot of the trips they're doing, they're taking uh, uh, senior citizens to their. Uh, let's say they got a dialysis thing; they got to be transported. Oh, so they uh, do not just emergencies, not but just transport emerg- type transports, thing. emergencies, both. You know, if a person was in the hospital, now they got to go back to the nursing home. They'll transport them back, and well, that's because nice. they that's need a good service. They need care when they're in transport, just in case. And guess what, you Tom? Know, just in case. <laughs> Being as there's all us old guys, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Soon to be older guys. Mm-hmm. Soon to be older, older, older guys. There, there's always going to be business for people, healthcare, getting transported yep. from healthcare one place is, to the uh, next. Healthcare is big right now. Yep, a lot of jobs in healthcare. Um, what was I going to tell you? Uh, oh, ice fishing. Uh, I'll tell you, my, my son Nick does a lot of ice fishing, and uh, he's been doing really good on the area lakes for crappies and big bluegills and catching some nice northern Another fella uh, that I work with, as a matter of fact, uh, he uh, he's been doing really good too. Well, not and the, here's the weird thing though: it's like the crappies. You'll catch a few crappies and bluegills during the day. It's you know it's okay, not right. not not really slamming them, but you're catching a few. But as soon as that sun gets about treetop level, right about three o'clock in the afternoon, three to five, that they light up. They just for some reason that's when they want to start biting. And they've been doing really good on some dandy crappies too, and uh, his nephew he got uh, three legal bass on a on a tip up on one lake. That was pretty cool. I mean, the kid's only like nine, ten years old, right. so he was having a ball, you know. So yeah, yeah <laughs> actually, ice fishing is good right now. Yeah, people are catching fish all over. Yeah. Uh, well, the Pewaukee uh, fisheries today. Now I haven't fished in a couple of weeks. Other than a 44-inch muskie right, that I right. released, that I 
popped in front of my place. I haven't caught a pike. You know, I guess I've fished three different times out there, but it's been a couple of weeks. So I'll probably set some tip-ups today or I don't know what. It, you know, the thing, though, is this. Uh, winners, uh, one of our Pewaukee guys, Tom, he's won a couple of the fisheries where he just goes out and catches a decent bluegill. Mm-hmm. And you don't need to catch a monster bluegill no, you don't. to win the bluegill division. So I'm thinking I'd be better off to set a, a tip-up with some small little minnows and try and get a decent-sized crappie. Mm-hmm. bluegill, maybe a bass, mm-hmm. because I'm not catching any pike. So, right. I mean, right. you catch it, thirty. You got to get a 32-inch pike to be, I guess, legal. Although some of the fisheries, I think they gave first prize away in one of the fisheries to a guy who had caught like a 29-inch pike. Evidently, they didn't have any legal pike, 32-inch pike yeah. brought in. Yeah. So somebody reported of, uh, you know, I got a 29, and then, okay, well, we'll give him the prize. <laughs> got to give someone the prize. Yeah, now I got, I'm not uh, sure how the Pewaukee, if they're setting it up inches or weight. I'm trying to think how they do it. I, I know they do encourage release. It, it's usually inches. It's usually, usually inches. Uh, our uh, advertising manager, Ron Heidenreich, was going to go up for the whitefish fishing yeah, in the we Bay were, of Green Bay. Right. He was going to go up on Wednesday, but because of the snow that we all got earlier this week and he was still digging out, whatever, they uh, they canceled their trip for Wednesday. But the guy, Lonnie Anderson, was nice enough not to keep their deposit. He said, are you guys going to come up anyway, you know, maybe like next week? And he says, yeah. And he said, well, then I'll just hold on and we'll just reschedule. So, you know, the guy could have kept a deposit because that's what it says, but he's a pretty decent guy and says, no, no, if you're coming up, we'll, we'll just when you reschedule. Guided, did you even, did you ask for deposits? No, no. I don't. I didn't. I don't no, either. No. And in 20 years of doing it, I've, I've only never had been... one person not show up. Yeah, I've, only one. Really? I've had, over the years, uh, I remember one time for sure somebody, and this is before cell phones, you know, didn't show up, but... Uh, I can't remember anybody after. No, that. I I just say you know they yeah. people ask you want to deposit. I'm like no, that's okay. No. We got I you. Mean, I mean people I look, are fired up to go yeah. fishing. Well, I look at it this way: if they don't show up, I'm going to go fishing anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm I'm ready to go. I mean I'll go with or without them. You know I don't care. <laughs> Heck, it's fishing. Um, there uh, and there was another thing I was going to talk to you about, but. We don't have enough time to do it right well, now. Well, when we come back, we got yeah. big, big, big stuff to talk about. Do we? Yes. Oh, we do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> oh, you'll, giant. You'll fish. fill me in later. Giant fish. Yeah, giant you fish. You and our we listeners. We like that. We like giant fish. Up so people are, yeah, they can, you know, just wait breathlessly yeah. during our uh, yeah. advertising to no, get. I, I was going to tell you something about, uh, about, you know, about tough days fishing, and then sometimes you only need. You don't need a big bluegill to win an ice fishing derby. Or I remember one time the perch out of Pewaukee won it with like a six-inch perch, you know, out of Curly's Waterfront Pub. I mean, so you don't always need to. I'll tell you about that when we come back. Or you'll tell us about big stuff first. But we'll get to all this we'll stuff later it out. On. Yeah, in the show, we'll get to all this stuff and your calls at 414-799-1250 or email us live at ceoguys at yahoo.com. We'll be right back, folks. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. The Gut Report is brought to you by Discount Liquor. I've got a special bonus today, today folks. 
You get two for one today. Number And they're both quick, easy, to the point. Here's a real easy one. You take about three-quarters of a pound to a pound of venison. You slice it thin, okay? And then you take a can of Mexican-style uh, diced tomatoes because they got the jalapenos. They got the different stuff in there, okay? You throw them in a pan, and you just start cooking. It only takes about two or three minutes because when you thinly slice that venison, it, it, it cooks real fast. only takes a few minutes. And then you might need like a couple t- teaspoons of, uh, of uh, cornstarch slurry to thicken up the sauce. I'll tell you what, it's so quick and easy and it's really good if you like, you know, that type of, you know, Mexican stuff, okay? Number two, when peeling an egg, I don't know if you know this or not, maybe a lot of you do, but when you peel an egg, you don't want to crack it at the pointed end. You want to go at the more rounded end, not the pointed end of a hard-boiled egg. We're talking about hard-boiled eggs. I should have said that to begin with. When you're peeling a hard-boiled egg, the reason being is that opposite the pointed end, that more rounded end, there's a little layer, there's a little uh, distance between the hard-boiled egg and the shell. So when you crack it, you've got a little room in there to start peeling it off. Try it sometime. It, it does make a difference. There's there's a little gap in there. So anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in there don't as a they, bonus. Uh, don't those hard-boiled eggs give you gas, Tom? No, not me. Not really. I wasn't oh. saying you. I was talking oh. in general. Oh, no. Cool hand I don't know. I don't know. How many did Paul Newman eat? He ate 50 of them in Cool Hand Luke. Yeah, and I don't fine. think he had gas. Hey, let me hey, oh, and let me ask you. Here's a trivia question for you guys, okay? What? What part of the egg, the white part or the yellow part, gives you that stinky smell? <laughs> it's the yolk, right? No, it's actually the white part. Really? Yeah, it's the white part gives gives, gives the stinky smell. Not the yolk. Every, well, I always thought it was the yolk, but def- it's not. Define the stinky smell. Uh, no. Uh, be when you're eating it? N- no. Or when, when you're, if you're, when it's going. When you're flatulating hey, speaking it. Speaking of. I was <laughs> Wait talk- a minute. We got to get to the end of this. Wait. Okay, go ahead. The gut report was brought, track? was brought to you by Discount Liquor, where you're going to find the best price, selection, and service at 51st on Oklahoma and Milwaukee and Main Street in Barstow and Waukesha. For weekly specials, go to discountliquorinc.com. Come here. I'm going to eat you. I'm bigger than you. I'm higher in the food chain. Get in my belly. All righty then, welcome back to the Skipper Buds (laughs) Cutting Edge Outdoors and along the lines of the flatulence, is that how you say it? (laughs) Flatulence. Flatulence discussion. In talking with uh, Mike a little bit ago. Mike uh, McGivern. Mike McGivern, he said he got a a picture of uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and she's next to a cow and the cow's got his hoof out (laughs) saying, pull my hoof. (laughs) (laughs) Pull my hoof. I got to remember that. That's good. And I told you the one last week was the one that said Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez single-handedly making blondes look smarter every day. Uh, She is the gift that keeps on giving. This week, she said that it's good they didn't get, uh, what's what, Amazon, right? We didn't get Amazon. We can use that $3 billion to build schools and do this and that. Well, you bonehead. You weren't giving them three billion dollars. They were you were giving them a tax break of three billion dollars right, right. out of the thirty billion dollars you were supposed to get. 
Right. So th- there is no $3 billion. No, no, there isn't. How could you be a politician and, and be so clueless? There are some politicians that aren't too bright. But, hey, we got a couple of emails, Danny. Yeah. Came came rolling in. Okay. Uh, Hot off the press. This guy, this is a, on the, the, what do you call it, on the Blaze Orange. It says, I found two different articles that say it was 1980, not 1988. Mm-hmm. See the screenshots attached. Oh, there's too much there. Uh, I Oh, oh, I see. This is something that I had had once before. Uh, yeah, see, it shows here, 1980, Blaze Orange clothing required first season of Hunter, blah, 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 blah. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's see what. Uh, oh, and that was from uh, Jacob. Thanks, Jacob. And uh, we, did we clarify Blaze Orange required in Wisconsin or other states? I well, we're talking about Wisconsin. We were talking about Wisconsin. It says it's inferred. This is from Mark. He says, "Hi, Tom and Dan. I dug up my archives of Wisconsin outdoor news in the December third, December eleventh, twenty fifteen issue. There's an article, a chronological I, I, the." Chronology of Wisconsin deer hunting, and I I got that too. I mean, yeah, I remember seeing that. Yeah, one. I remember. And it says it says 1980 blaze orange clothing required first season of hunter's choice permit. So anyway, so two people have now said it was 1980. I've got a great book. It's the history of Wisconsin hunting. Mm-hmm. It's a hardcover book. Mm-hmm. I could loan it to you if you want, Tom. Um, it uh, it actually has all that information. It's a yeah. real fascinating book. Yeah. It's got pictures of the old days yeah. of guys yeah. with their old cars with these big bucks on them, mm-hmm. black and white photos. Mm-hmm. It's really cool to see those pictures back yep. in the day. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Back then they didn't have those transport carriers on the back of trucks, you know, those graded things that you put a deer yeah, on. Yeah, we put them on the back. Everybody put them on the top of the car, on the front of the car, <laughs> on the on a trunk of the car when they had big trunks sticking out, you know. <laughs> they were all over, blood all over them cars. <laughs> Your, blood all over. Years ago, I was fishing with Dan Johnson, and we were musky fishing. This is back in the day, early days. And uh, neither of us had caught a 50-inch musky before, and... and <laughs> And I said, what are you going to do if you get a 50-inch muskie? And back, that's right when everybody was saying you can't keep any fish. He says, if I get a 50-inch muskie, he says, I'm going to strap it to the trunk of my car like a dead deer and drive around town, he said. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway. I was going to tell you, Danny, real quick, uh, when we were talking about different size fish and how you can have tough days and whatever. I, f- I remember one time I fished a tournament. It was the Muscular Dystrophy Open. It was on Lake Beulah, and at the time they had a six, which they still do, sixteen-inch size limit on largemouth. And well, actually, you can keep them under twelve inches or over sixteen. But anyway, but the tournament was over sixteen inches. Well, when my partner and I, it was a team tournament. When we came in, uh, we had two fish, uh, two nineteen. One was like nineteen and a half. One was nineteen inches, and uh, one weighed like four. Four and a half pounds. The other one was like four and a quarter. It turns out, out of the 40-some boats that were in this tournament, we had the only fish. So now the the committee who ran the tournament, they were trying to decide what do they do with this money. And, I, and I'm and, – Of course, and, Thompson, give me all no, of it. No, no, wait a minute. Now, just listen. This is what happened. They were talking about, well, they, they got the only fish, so they should get all 10 places of money. And I said, hey, wait a minute. I said, this is a fundraiser. I says, we only deserve first place money because we came in first, but 
that's all the money we deserve. Why don't you just take the rest of it and donate it to the charity? My friend is standing next to me. He's kicking, kicking, he's kicking me in the foot, like, tell me, shut up. Do you want to give it all to us? And I said, no, we deserve first place, but not all of it. Give the rest to the charity, you know? I take back everything I have ever said about you being cheap. <laughs> well, thank you. How about that? Hey, hey you know, can, you, you know, do. Mark that on the tape. Underneath that gruff, ornery exterior, there is a heart. <laughs> there is one somewhere, somewhere in there. Somewhere beating. Somewhere it's there, uh, my God. But anyway, so I mean, so, I mean, you can imagine how tough of a day that was when 40-some boats, and only one boat brings in two legal that's like fish a over 16 inches. That's, that's like a musky tournament. It so, was, yeah, it really, seriously, it was terrible, just terrible. And and one of the fish that we caught, I didn't even know I had it on. I caught it by accident. I didn't even know it was on. My line started moving. I said, oh, I wonder if that's a fish. <laughs> but anyway, okay. One of the tournaments that ticked me off the most years ago, I was in a Pike Master tournament up in Sturgeon Bay. And uh, the first year we went up there, I think it was 1999, I and my brother went trying to cast some uh, some weed edges till about 1 o'clock in the afternoon, didn't have anything, so I said, well, let's go troll. Well, at the time, the biggest fish caught was a 34-incher. Nobody was getting much of anything, so I'm trolling in the Sturgeon Bay Ship Canal, and it's funny because I said to my brother, all we need is like one 37-inch fish. Bang, we get a 37-inch fish, we go register it. And there's only like, I don't know, an hour and a half left in the tournament. We go in, third place, 37 and a quarter. Second place, 37 and a half. No. First place, 37. Three. We're like, God dang it, how could we get knocked out? So then I, we said, okay, we got this next year. We got the pattern down for the trolling. We're not going to waste any time casting. We're mm-hmm. just going to go right to it next year. So... The day before I go up there, I take my trolling rods and reels, and I'm going super stealth. I put this Berkeley Vanish line on, mm-hmm. 10-pound Vanish, because the clear water up there. Yeah, is right. And I thought this was going to be good. Well, we went, started trolling. No sooner did we start, planer board goes down and under. Now, typically, a 40-inch muskie will slug your planer board down and under, but most of the time, they don't dive. No. This okay. thing made several dives, long runs, and it was a big, big fish. And the line breaks. Oh, And no. I'm like, oh, no. Oh. So we start trolling again, and I hook a smaller pike, and the line breaks. Wow. And it broke right where it looked like it was breaking where you clipped the planer board on sure. the line. yeah. And then I realized they call this Berkeley line vanish for a reason because your fish will vanish instantly. <laughs> so discouraged. I threw everything into the – I wound every all the lines in. I said, this stuff's junk. We just lost the winning fish with that first monster. And I said, let's go into the bar and have some beers and burgers. Let's mm-hmm. call it a wrap. But my brother, he said, we got to regroup. He says, I got rods and reels. He's mm-hmm. pulled out his stuff. It wasn't fancy line counter trolling. But right. we started trolling, clipped stuff on. And I said, all we need is one 40-inch fish. We got this. And sure enough, right around 1 o'clock, he nails a 40-and-a-half-inch pike. Beautiful pike, right? Okay. Now... In the meantime, we are putting on a clinic out there. We had them dialed in. We had at least half a dozen, maybe more pike, and most boats had zero. Okay. Steve Milliot called me on the marine radio, and uh, when I he was mad because I hadn't called him and told him all the fish we were catching. He had mm-hmm. headed out, headed headed out with a, uh, Mike um, Brock, Brock, Brocky, and. Uh, 
and they were fishing another area. So then when he finally came back and I had to tell him what we were doing, he started catching fish. But at that time, I and my brother Tim had the first sec- first place fish, second, and third. We had the first, second, and third place fish. But the way the tournament works is you can only register one, one fish. fish. So even though we had the first, second, and third, someone else catches one that's smaller. Yeah, no, they're yep. the second place because you can only register, register one. Register one, yeah. So if this were like a bass tournament where you can register five yeah. legal, like yeah. pike, if we could have registered the five legal pike, it wouldn't even have been close. We would have smoked everybody. But with a half hour left in the tournament, I couldn't believe it. We go to pull in by Sawyer Harbor there, um, boat launch, and we pull in and a guy goes, boy, that's a son of a gun, you know, losing that in the last half hour. I'm like, what are you talking about? Some guy got a pike, one quarter inch bigger than ours in the last half hour of the goddamn tournament twitching a jake along some rocks so we lost our first place right and first place was six hundred dollars and then it was one of those tournaments where first is 600 and second place was like i don't know 200 dollars or 150 (laughs) which basically covered our entry fee and a few beers and i'm like doggone it we got screwed again we should have you know so it's just but they counted the one biggest fish and that was it. I still wonder how big the one was that broke my line, though. That's brutal. <sighs> well, brutal. You, you can always uh, make up a story because nobody saw it. You know, you can say, hey, it was arms wide out that big. I tell you, it was, it was <laughs> it, yeah. Oh, well. But All right. You know what's coming up next, Danny? What's that? I hope you got your questions ready. The horn schwaggle. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's right. You got to get questions. questions ready for the horn schwaggle yeah. now. If you don't know what a hornschwaggle is, it's Danny's going to make three statements. And you're going to say it's either a hornschwaggle, which means he's BSing you, or it's no hornschwaggle, which means he's speaking the truth. And if you get two out of three right, you are going to win a $10 gift certificate to Carl's Country Market on Pilgrim and Silver Spring over there in Menominee Falls. They got a lot of great stuff there, and especially their award-winning sausages. So, 799-1250 is the phone number. Call now. Be a contestant for the hornschwaggle. 414-799-1250. We'll be right back right here on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Let's just listen to... uh... (laughs) Is this cold as ice? No. Wrong one. Well, that's all right. The ZZ Top one you asked about well, before. No, I'm talking about. Oh, before. Yeah, yeah. Oh, little tap. I got a whole list here. We got another out. <laughs> Girls are nice out there. Okay, welcome back to the Skipper Buds Cutting Edge Outdoors. We'll get that foreigner oh, song next yeah, time, we'll, we'll get the Cold as Ice song so later on. <laughs> That's my, all right. It's my old girlfriend. So we have uh, the Hornswoggle segment. Yeah. We, we've got a lucky contestant, Tom. Tom is on the line. How you doing, Tom? Yes, sir. Good morning. Hey, Tom. Are you going to do any, uh, Tom's talking about, you know, ice fishing and stuff. You going to do any ice fishing this weekend? Uh, No, actually, I'm going to go shoot uh, some five stand at Waukesha Gun Club. Oh, sounds like fun. You know, I live right close to there and I hear the bang, bang, bang all the time. I was actually thinking about going out there for the first time. I've never been out there. Uh, So they got five stand and then they got what? Sporting clays, trap. What all do, do they have out there? 
Uh, we got, uh, well, we have three five stands. They're all heated and indoors. We also, uh, the this week, the the sporting clays is closed. Okay. Because of all the ice and everything in the snow. Gotcha. More difficult this time of year. And then uh, we have the skeet and the trap. Trap is actually uh, quite popular this time of year. Now, as far as um, to, to go out there, does a person need to be a member or can the general public go out there? Nope. General public is more than welcome. So if I wanted to go out once the ice goes away and do some, uh, uh, do the uh, clay thing, um, what's it run for, for like a day, half day, or how do, how do they charge that? Uh, it's 50 rounds. Eighteen fifty, and you can go out there open uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday. Wow, that sounds good. I'm gonna yeah. have to get on out there, and I mean, it's right down the road for me, and I'm yeah. sure it'd be a great time. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I listen to the show all the time. Actually, I come down to my basement and I make shotgun shells when I listen to you guys. Oh wow, hey. pretty Saturday cool. morning. Well, yeah. speak. That's well. why I got a bunch of old shotgun shells. These old, old, old ones, number seven shot and stuff. And I thought, well, I should take those out and use them up on some sporting clays. Yeah, so oh. that, that's kind of the plan. That'll, uh, It'll help your pheasant hunting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure it would. So, anyway. All right. You ready, Tom, Here we go. For this? Speaking of pheasants, pheasants, uh, though not native to Wisconsin, were actually transported here. They were native to South Dakota. Hornschwaggle, no hornschwaggle. That would be a hornschwaggle. Hornschwaggle. Native to China. No, it's Asia. Asia, China, same China. place. Same hey, same don't place. get racist over there. You're lumping everything together in one, one lump. I the following is paid that. commercial programming. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, just, just kidding. I'll be going to the uh, King's Walk tonight, in fact. So anyway, uh, we've got the Sauger and Walleyes. Sauger and Walleyes, they look real similar, but uh, Saugers actually get bigger than Walleyes. That would be a hornswoggle. Hornswoggle. All right, we got a winner. All right, uh, we got to give you the third one just because you're on a roll. And that's why we're going to call Tom Butter because he's uh, on a roll. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> ho, 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 ha, ha. In 1931, Melvin Flagstead designed the first spinner bait lure while working at the Acme Lure Company. I'll say no horn swaggle. That was a horn swaggle. Uh, Melvin Flakestead yeah, was one of my high no school clue. buddies' grandpas. <laughs> <laughs> if he's listening now, oh, that's maybe funny. he'll give me a call. Well, you are a winner, Tom, and you do get that $10 gift certificate to uh, Carl's Country Market there in Menominee Falls on Silver Spring and Pilgrim. So uh, go over there, and then you'll probably end up spending uh, more than your gift certificate. Which so. is the whole point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. I've been there before. All right. All right, great. buddy. Have a safe weekend. Thanks. Good luck shooting. Okay. Thanks, Tom. Thank you. Bye yep. now. Bye. Bye. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, whenever you give a name of yeah. somebody who invented something, I know right off the bat it's going to be a horn struggle. <laughs> One of these days you're going to have to... You know, yeah, you switch might, it up and get a real name a, out there. You might have a change up of pace at yeah. some point there, my friend. Yeah, yeah you're going to see. Now you've lulled the audience into a false sense Just of security. Just when they think they that. got me figured yeah. out. You're going to fool They got them. nothing figured out. So anyway, what I wanted to talk about, big, 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 big news, and especially giant sturgeon. Yeah. 
was speared, uh, 171 pounds. Wow. And uh, it didn't crack the top 12. Now, the biggest one ever, I think, weighed 212 pounds. Uh, it was really close. It was like a, uh ounce away or two from cracking into that top, top, uh, uh, top 12 list. But the interesting thing is this fish was known by the DNR fisheries. Oh, really? They had actually handled the fish in 2004. Uh, when it was uh, 84 inches. And then it was handled again as recently as 2012, where it was measured at 87.5 inches. And at the time, they didn't weigh it, but they estimated that it could weigh up to 240 pounds when full of food and eggs. Yeah, right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.